How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, I'm just realizing this. I'm probably a, a little overdressed uh, for my own for my own podcast, and I feel feel a bit stupid. So <laughs> don't feel stupid. Collared shirts are, you know, it's your podcast. Do it. Yeah, like you know, I I, I feel like I'm looking at my own camera. I, I feel I look I look a little too Cuban in this in this in, the, in my own. But yeah, I, I think I'll be fine. Uh, let me get my. Ah, I forgot to put this on. I'm trying to be Mr. Little, Mr. Different right here. Oh, there we go. This has become a recurring thing ever since I've done it a couple episodes back. Style the mic. Yeah, I think I'm Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. There we go. All right. So how are things going for you? How uh, Anything you got going on? Yeah, it's just, it's been really busy. I'm lucky. I have a lot of uh, virtual gigs that are going on right now. So I've been able to pivot even though of the pandemic and not being able to do a ton of live shows, I've still been able to do virtual shows. So that's been good. Uh, is there a different feeling to virtual shows than, than to live shows? Uh, like what's the main difference? Yeah, just feeding off the energy of the audience um, is so different, but I'm, you know, it'll never replace live shows. So it's just completely a different medium that you have to get used to. Like, I get this uh, feeling like, you know, I like, I like, I like doing this podcast. Like, you know, I had plans to do this like live with people like face to face, you know, get another mm -hmm. microphone, have another dude, uh, another person. Uh, other side of a table or some, and I realized like one thing is like the there's like a factor like one thing I can't do is I can't interrupt people cleanly with a with a funny like a one two or a funny uh, funny punchline. That's that's one thing I can't do because if I interrupt people, it just sounds like a little messy. Yeah, it's hard to tell when you're not in person if someone's about to talk. So you can get the sense for that more if you're in the same room, for sure. Yeah, like are you, you like you remember? Uh, you, you I don't know if you heard of the, the Opie and Anthony show. Yes. Yeah. And like one of my favorite parts about the show is when like you know Jim Norton was on it, and like uh, funny, funny th things Jim Norton would do is like just uh, settle while all Opie and Anthony are talking with, or, or, or when Patrice or Rich Voss was there. Uh, every, every like every time they're having a discussion, Norton comes like just jumps in with a with a quick one too, a quick sentence, and has the, like everybody laughing. And like that's sort of the feeling I miss. Uh, with the feeling I want when 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 shooting this podcast. Totally, yeah, it'll happen. I think we're close to it. I'm getting my second round of vaccine on Friday, so I think everyone's getting closer to being able to do in person stuff again. Hopefully. Now, when you do uh, virtual shows, is there like, uh, does that same buffer that, that goes on or the same, like, you know, uh, you know, you're like, let's, you're doing a show uh, like, can, like, can you, first of all, can you hear the audience anyway? So some shows, yeah, they leave uh, people unmuted and they leave their cameras on. 
sometimes, but I would say a majority of the ones I do are corporate or college gigs. And just for legal purposes, they turn off the microphones and the video so that just in case someone does something like squirrely or like tries to, you know, take over the show or prank someone. So it's very bizarre because it does feel like you're just saying a monologue and it's silent because they have to be muted for some of these. So yeah, it's a little bizarre. Like, cause I, I can't imagine that awkward feeling like you're going through a whole, you know, joke, uh, then the punchline comes and you're, you're starting the, ne the next joke and then you hear the laughter and interrupt you that like, that's gotta be like a little bit awkward sometimes. Yeah, you have to just get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And so it's made me, I think it made, it's made me a better comic in that I don't like rely on it so heavily, the response. I'm just like trying to be confident in my material and hope that they're enjoying themselves on the other side of the screen. In some ways, does it feel like you have your own TV show or any or some like, you know, you're monologuing or point do you feel like like john stewart on on the daily show or bill maher on real time does, does it have like that type of feeling when you're like when, when, when you're uh telling jokes yeah definitely it's it's more one-sided definitely like a monologue so it, it took some getting used to but yeah now, I have a lot of uh, actor, uh, like you know, people in the business here that not not that don't just do stand up comedy, but like, uh, uh, and one thing we like to talk about here is like origin stories. You know, every time I like to ask people where how it all started for them, uh, like, like how, um, first, uh, first I want to ask, like, do you mainly, uh, is like stand up like the main thing you do, or do you do like uh, do acting and, uh, or any other things? Yeah, so. I love to do it all. Um, right now I am mainly doing stand-up. I moved out to LA from Arkansas um, almost nine years ago. And I transferred from University of Arkansas to USC. And I was doing just acting. That's why I moved out. And I did um, the Groundlings and everything like that. Uh, kind of SNL focus. And I had a few different agents that I was able to get through um, showcases and class performances and stuff. Um, and then I just was getting so frustrated because no matter how many different agents I got or classes I took, I couldn't control how many auditions I got. So I was like, well, what's something I can control? And so I started doing stand up as a way to like, I can write the jokes, book myself on shows. And if it's going well, it's all on me. If it's going poorly, it's also all on me. So that, and then it started going really well. And so I just kind of continued following that. Um, I would love to still act as well um, in the future, but mainly doing stand up now. So uh, stand-up specifically, like when when did it all start with you? Was, did it start while you were in college? Were you one of like these people who started in college once they, they moved out the house and, you know? <laughs> no, uh, I was still acting and doing the Groundlings while I was in college. Um, it started, stand-up for me started about five or six years ago. Um, so yeah, I was out of college at the time and I just finally ripped off the band-aid and did my first class and open mic and yeah it was crazy but I did it 
It's, this sound this uh sounds eerie similar to I had Don Brody on a couple uh episodes ago and, and you know she she I, I she, she's funny and <laughs> didn't feel like I had to add that of course she is but and she also started uh doing doing stand up five six years ago uh and like I see I, I, there's a lot of similarities to what I see but um uh, when it comes to like both of those uh. Do you feel uh, which do you feel like more favorable? Do you do you like one more than the other? Um, they're just so different. I think what I like is I like making people laugh. I like entertaining people. So if that's through a sketch comedy character, a podcast, stand up, acting, um, whatever it's through, that doesn't really matter to me as much as just that I'm entertaining people. I'm performing. And making people laugh. So if the end goal is accomplished, then I'm happy. All right. And uh, you being, uh, I had to, uh, I had to bring this up, but like you being a woman, uh, is it, you know, uh, does it is there like a different feel a feel for it that you, that you have to have, you know, being a woman and and trying to be funny? Um, I don't think there's anything I do differently because I'm a woman in comedy, I think some people view you differently. I don't think I adjust like my behavior in any way. Um, I, so I don't like tiptoe around it. It's more just like, I'll get specifically comments about being a woman under my, like I just had a Laugh Factory video that was featured um, on their page and of course, you know, there are some comments under that video that there wouldn't be under the guy's videos, you know, but I don't think that I really do anything differently because of that. I just know it's going to happen and let it slide off. Now, uh, I listen to a lot of people and, uh, you know, I, I do have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of female comedians that, that I look up to, uh, you know, Joan Rivers, Wanda Sykes, Sarah Silverman, and they're all hilarious. But uh, and I really and I really want to tie, uh, like deep dive into this and, and dissect this for what it is. Like, wh what do you think is it that that makes like uh, comedy uh, like male dominated, but still have like these uh, uh, diamond in the roughs women who 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 could who prosper in in in, in this game? Um, I don't really know what could cause the disparity between the number of people doing it? Because I think if you put the number of women that want to do stand up and the number of them that are actually funny and the number of men that want to do stand up and the number of them that are actually funny, the percentage would probably be similar of like who has it and who doesn't, um, who has that funny factor, the whatever, the star quality. Um, I don't know why there's not as many women, maybe they like overall, it's less of a desirable career path. Um, it is pretty cutthroat. It is pretty solitary. Um, and it's always kind of, it is intimidating because it's always been seen as a boys club a little bit um, of something that maybe they're not as included in. So you have to have some tenacity to stick it out and make take your space in the industry so maybe that's just um discouraging to some people but the people that do make it like you said like some of the people you named um 
I think they don't give a, they don't give a shit. They just do it. Um, they aren't held back by the fact that they're a woman or anything. They just know they're funny. And like people, like one of my current idols is Eliza Schlesinger and she, anytime, like I listen to her podcast as well. And she is always like, I'm not a funny, I'm not funny for a woman. I'm not a funny woman. I'm just funny. I'm a funny person. And that's how I feel about it. Um, so yeah. I think it's that uh, I have a theory and and it's just a theory. I'm just feeling it out because, you know, it's like, like, like the sport of football, uh, you know, and I think uh, comedy in a way it's, uh, I think it's in, in a way disgusting, uh, not like, not, not in a bad way, like disgusting. I, I like, cause I hear stories about like how the best comedians from, uh, especially from New York. Uh, and I forgot what, like there, there used to be like this table at a comedy club where all the comics, you know, they, they made this table so all, cause, so the comics could just like, so it could be just like just the, the comics could sit at because they'd they, they be so loud and, and thrashing each other and just like relentless on each other that they had to keep them away from the general population. And I think it's like, and, and I think it's like that with, uh, with, with comedy. Uh, I mean, like, you know, like football, like what woman will want to play football? What woman will, will want to play a sport that is damaging to your health that could like literally shorten your lifespan. Like the same way. Why would one, why would a woman be, uh, uh, heartless for, for no reason? Uh, well, and I think it, I think it's that type like Patrice, like Patrice O'Neill, who I talk about a lot in this show. Cause he's probably, he's my favorite comedian of all time. And he talked about this, uh, on Opie and Anthony when they were watching, uh, Lisa Schlesinger. I uh, hope I said her name right. Uh, they they were talking about her and Eliza. They, they talk. Yeah, Eliza Schlesinger. And they talk. And, they, and he asked this question like, uh, someone like that because uh, she, uh, yeah, she is an attractive woman. And he asked this, uh, when when like to all women, when did you need to be funny? Like, and and the analogy he used for a woman to be a funny around men is as funny as as he he has to be at a clan rally. It's like, wait, hold on, guys. I'm a funny motherfucker. Let me show y'all. And like, and I think that's like that's some, some like that's some that that's my theory. Like, um, what was I about to say? And uh, like, and I want to if I if like if I ask you this question and like uh, I'm not I'm I'm not trying to be foul. I really want to dissect this like this issue. I want to go deep and down this wormhole. Uh, if if I asked you if you could explain your funny, like, c- could you answer that? If if I asked you, c- can you explain your funny? Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a very political comic or super crude. I'm more or like one-liners or stuff like that. Which there's so many different styles. There's people that play it super straight and they're really monotone and dry. I'm very animated and storyteller esque. So a lot of my comedy is just things that have happened to me in my life and I'm relaying them in a funny way and adding punchlines in. Um, So it's more of like a whole, uh, each joke is like a chapter in my life. And so it's more of a story and it's more animated and like moving around the stage and lots of facial expressions. So I think my funny is just, I'm not picking fun at anyone else. I'm picking fun at myself. And I think that's what makes it relatable. 
Uh, do you cry? Do you cry a lot? Like, <laughs> no, no. I, I cry. There's a there's a point to it, but like like in, in like in general, when you feel sad, do you just cry? When you feel angry, do you just cry? Um, it's not my first reaction to any emotion, but I do cry. I think a normal amount. All right, because uh, <laughs> you know, like growing like us. Uh, when they when we break this down and th this is a discussion that goes into like mental health the differences between boys and girls like uh you know you take these two pair of twins uh, a boy and a girl they run down the hill uh, and they both fall and, and hurt themselves uh the girl they they the parents the dad lets the girl cry and the and the boy says not nah, don't cry stand up don't cry and i think that's like and that's life for like a lot of a lot of us cuz i grew up with the sister and uh and a lot of people with siblings could, could relate to this you know we would uh, be horse playing um many many a times we both gotten hurt whether uh you know she she starts crying i get the ass whooping if i start crying i get the ass whooping still and and like sometimes and it leads us to down this like path to, to by the time we're growing up we're so like different people even though we grow, grew up in the same house that that you know my, my sister like my little sister because my parents were not not as strict with her uh, she has different values than i do and like and it just you know to see us like as two different people you know i'm the i'm i, I love to be around my family she she I, I like to be i like to talk with everyone i like to you know i'm basically like the comedian of the family i'm the class clown i'm like like and and my sister's like very reclusive, you know. She just keeps to herself. But do you, I'm trying to get a question out of this. But uh, you did you, like like did you grow up with siblings? Did you uh, or did you grow up around people who who where you saw some of that? Um, I <clears throat> I have a little brother. He's five years younger than me, and we definitely had you know, different upbringings, but I don't know, it wasn't the same in that sense. Like my parents were always encouraging of us showing our emotions. So um, it wasn't necessarily the same dynamic that you're describing, but, um, but yeah, I have a little brother and we're just super different. Like I'm really um, obviously artistic and performative and he grew up a little more shy, but he's into sports and stuff. So that's been, kind of our different paths <laughs> yeah i like to describe myself as a bottle of lightning um and that when like every time uh you know i i write a joke it's like it's like me cracking open like cracking open a little bit like tss, tss, every time i write a joke if i let it out i'm i'm, I'm dead I'm, I'm just running through a fucking wall just in in, in anxiety and anger and 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 depression like I, I talked to Don Brody about this, you know, I, I have so much built inside. And like when you when, when you like see people like uh, Joey Diaz, who's one of the funniest people on the planet, uh, uh, describe his comedy. He just like uh, he can either go up on stage and just scream until he until, until, until he feels better or he could just like let it out in punches and just like let the crowd have it and just and, and just kill like that. But. I think that's where I think that's and I think that's where like our upbringing because uh, I don't think uh, 
growing up girl like girls are expected to to i don't know s- suppress or or like keep their emotions intact in, in yeah i mean i think you're right on a larger scale totally there's an issue with guys being told that they can't express their emotions it's just kind of different for everyone's experience because i definitely yeah just like my family didn't have that exact experience but i'm sure a lot of guys did because when you hear i heard like this the backstory of of joan river joan rivers you know like everything that happened to her uh how she was uh everything she's been through to be like being pushed away in your bankruptcy and that uh and this story almost made you cry that her uh she went to therapy and her therapist uh was dying of aids and the person she went to the person she she went to to you know, to, to for comfort for for answers, is telling her that he's that he's scared to die, that he can't that he can't hold that, right. he, that he's scared that he needs help from her. And like you see experiences like that, I'm like, like could could that be? Cause could, like it could it be like that that like trauma. Can funniness be, be that? Is that what it is coming from trauma? Yeah, I think that the funniest people have the darkest, like, pasts almost um, because they're coping with things that are happening to them and turning it into humor. So I definitely think that's that's the case of a lot of people. I mean, I've been lucky enough to have a pretty good childhood. Of course, there's shit in everyone's life. Um, there's definitely some stuff I've gone through that I've turned into like huge bits of my comedy. Um, so if anyone's seen like a lot of my stuff, like, you know, I definitely talk about the real shit. And so I think, yeah, every, I think every comic does that to an extent. They just take whatever pain is in their life and they turn it into a punchline. Like, one th- and I think I have a prime example because I saw your 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 uh your set on on, on flappers, you know, about uh a dude staring at your nose. If, if you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. And like we like I have a I have a bit about my nose, and what I want to do is I want to let you explain it, and then I want to give you my my the a bit I made like because I also have a joke about my nose, but I want to let you explain yours. And like I want to what I want to do with this is like see how we could take like similar like the same subject, you know, talking about our noses. And how we could dis- dissect it differently. You being a woman, obviously with more experience than I can, than I have. But me uh, being just a dude, uh, trying to trying to start trying to get in the game. So I'm gonna just let you explain, like, go over because I want to butcher it. Go over your, go over your your bit. Yeah, I mean, my joke is just it's on my page at KDK Comedy. If anyone wants to watch it happen, but um, it's just that I went to. Um, a bar and a guy was commenting on that he liked looking at my nose and told me to never get a nose job and it was just like this weird unsolicited piece of information he decided to give me that I think he thought was like a really nice compliment and I took it as a compliment but it was also like why did you feel the need to tell me that um so yeah it it's definitely one of those moments where I feel like he was trying to do something nice, but he kind of stuck his foot in his mouth a little bit. So what happened with you? 
Uh, uh, before, before I go into mine, like, does that, uh, did that come from like any insecurity you had about your nose or was it just like an observation? Uh, of yeah, I mean, I've, it was an observation on his part. And then yes, I've always been insecure about my nose. So that's why it, like really hit me different because I've always wanted a nose job. And I, so I was like, uh, okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, it, that's where the bit came from. Cause I've always been insecure. And then he happened to comment on it and I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I was, um, uh, in, in my, my, my bit about my nose is, uh, I, I wasn't secure about my nose until a certain point until I realized, ah, fuck it. And the only problem I have with my nose now is that I can't do cocaine because of, uh, if you can't, my nose is crooked. I don't know if you can see it. It's a little crooked. It's like, hard to tell, but I mean, I believe you. <laughs> and and I have this bit that if I do cocaine, you'll find find my body uh, uh, five minutes later, uh, cross-eyed, bleeding uh, uh, bleeding out my mouth and, and brain matter coming out of my ears. And like, that's, that, so that's what I got from, from, being, from being insecure from my nose because of like how crooked it is. Now, when I inhale, I can't, I can't inhale out uh, there's more air going through through my right one than my left one, so that's how I, that's how I came up. Like it, 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 my left nostril closes really easy, and like I thought, you know, I don't do drugs, but if I ever try to experiment with some, I know cocaine is crossed off the list because I know a, a chunk of of my, my of what's what's the what's the name of the bone on your nose? A septum. Yeah, I know a piece of my septum is gonna stab me in the brain, and I and and I'm done. Uh, but so that's so that's what I want. Like, so your bit when you take your bit and and my bit, like mine is much more uh, uh dark and like just just crazy and like and yours is more like observational and like and, and like there's more of a explanation to it. And like, yeah. and that's what I find, and, and that's what I find so interesting. Like between the, that, that might be the differences between men and women. Like you give us a, a, a bit of, because these are bits about the same things, our, 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 our noses. And like, then they just branch off so differently. Yeah. I think also, yeah, we've just had two different life experiences. So even if it was two guys or two women writing two jokes about their nose, like it would be different regardless because they've both had two different life experiences. So I don't know if it's always like male versus female, like reasoning, but yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad I got you on here because, you know, um, I'm not trying to like be diverse on purpose, you know, like, like the Oscar, like trying to get an Oscar nomination. I'm not trying like, I, I really want to have, like, everyone on here. You know, I've had, and I apologize to everyone I made mad for having a straight white cis male on my last episode, but uh, what am I going to do? He's funny. Uh, I can't explain it. I have, a, I have a woman, I have a woman on, a white woman at that, but I have a woman on now. So hopefully I may, I may satisfy people. I need another black guy, though. Uh, I haven't had a black guy in, like, three episodes. But, you know. I All mean, right, that's, uh, so am I just on as to be your woman comic then no no not at all but I, I told you i'm not i'm not trying to meet the quota uh 
you know, I, I am mad though that you know, you know how the uh, the academy came out with like all these new requirements to to be nominated. So now now P like, and like that made me, and that 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 didn't make me mad, but it, it like uh, disappointed me that that now people don't want to people like people don't want the job because they 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 make the quota. People want the job because they're because they're good, and that that's any race like any like people with any background. Right. Totally. And that's just, uh, and, and it's just disappointing that, like, I don't, you know, judge people because of because of what they look like or what their background is. Because I, I don't, I'm fine that you want because I saw your 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 stand up set at the Laugh Factory. I, I I saw your set at Flappers, and I thought like, yeah, she's she's hilarious. I, let let me see if I can invite her invite her on. Thank you. Yeah. That's a good reason to invite someone just because they're funny. So I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, like that. And the reason I like same for everyone, like, like Dwayne, I had a, I had a black country, country singer on. So that tells you, you know, <laughs> I, I invited him just because he was a black country. I went to high school with him and, and he's pretty good at playing guitar. So. All right. <laughs> now. Now you are married, by uh, by the way. Um, I'm I'm telling like I'm telling you. How has it been like, like, uh, so congratulations on that. One one thing I want to ask you is, uh, how is it? How has your how has that impacted your your career in any way? Um, it's been interesting because I had to you know redo or just scrap a lot of my jokes from before being married of if they were about dating or if they were about, if they were stories from when I was single, it just didn't seem as topical or genuine. So I wrote a lot of new stuff. Um, so that was good. It pushed me to write new things. And, but in general, uh, my husband's always been very supportive and understanding about like the comedy lifestyle and me you know, being very honest on stage. Um, he works in radio. So he, we both have an understanding of he's allowed to use whatever from our life together on the radio and talk about it. And I'm allowed to use whatever from our life and talk about it in my standup. So um, in a way it hasn't hindered me at all. It just forced me to write new material. All right. Like how many, like if you, if you could count how many minutes you have from being, from, from now being married, how many minutes have you added? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, at least like 20 to 30 new minutes. I've been doing an hour at colleges. And so I'm getting back into those live gigs now. Um, just did my first one in a year. So I haven't really broken it down by time though. I, and excuse me if I sound mean, but when, when, if y'all to go to a party, who's the interesting one? Um, that's so funny because I used to date people that kind of let me shine and be like the attention hog, if you will. And I think to an extent, that's still the case sometimes, but we both genuinely like that's why I really um, was first like attracted to him was because we both have like pretty strong personalities. And so he's also, he's also very like outgoing 
just like me. So we're kind of a duo. Now he's in radio. Is he like, is he just a DJ or is he like, uh, is he also no. in, in comedy, comedy in some kind of way? Yeah, he's on the Woody show, which is um, the number one morning show in LA and they're in 37 cities, I think. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a funny show. So it's all like super comedic segments and it's a talk show. So it's more talking than it is music. Right. Now you have your own podcast and I wanted to bring that up. Uh, uh, what was the name of it again? Yeah, it's mostly true opinions. Um, and my co-host is my husband, Cameron. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of an arrogant name. Don't you think? Yes. On purpose. Yeah, I know. I know what you do. Now, what, what, what has, like, how long has podcast been going and what experience have, have you had on it that, that, that helped you as a, uh, as far as your, uh, in, in your career and, and, and as well as your husband's career? Yeah. I mean, I've been podcasting for six, five or six years now. Um, I had one with my best friend for three years and then this one's been I think four years, um, the Mostly True Opinions. And it's taught me so much about putting out consistent material. Um, we've done an episode every week for four years. So it's, you know, a lot of consistency. We've grown it from the ground up and um, I'm developing segments. Like I do a segment called Judge Judy Moment of the Week where I, basically do a judgment um, on something crazy that happened this week or something that I'm upset about. And it it's taught me what people respond to. We've gotten a lot of response from our listeners and they love that segment. And so it's made me use some of that stuff from that segment in my standup and know what how people react. So yeah, being consistent and putting out like quality content that people are responding to. Now um, I'm asking I'm asking these questions because I want to learn. Uh, I, I like I, I want to be a student of the game. As you can tell, I'm doing that Joe Rogan uh, arms cross condense your body look that he does on his podcast. If you haven't noticed, but like one thing I want to add, like is your podcast the uh, the uh, the type that you know is it you and a partner and y'all and, and y'all just uh, and y'all just talk, or is it you a partner and y'all try to have a guest on? Yeah, so the Mostly True Opinions one is just me and Cameron um, talking and doing segments. Um, the one I had with my best friend, Kara, we did have a guest on every week. So I've kind of had experience doing both. Um, so, yeah. Which one is the which one is like uh, easier to do or or which one is more difficult to do? And which one do you have? Like, uh, is it the uh, bring more interesting? Is it being with the same person? always uh coming up with like new stuff to talk about or finding having a, a new guest every day that brings something new to the table i think after four years of doing an episode every single week it has been it makes you be more creative to think of what new things should we talk about this week what new segment should we do so it kind of forces you to like reinvent every week whereas before when I had a different guest on every single week, I felt like sometimes it could get repetitive because I would be asking them similar things or, um, and also then you kind of take a back seat a little bit. So if there's two hosts and a guest, you have to really let the guest shine. 
and not step on them or like or if your co-host is talking or, and then you don't want to like over talk when you're having someone on so it was kind of a hard balance in that sense um so i definitely feel like i enjoy the one-on-one -on -one, um and then thinking of new creative stuff every week is just what i prefer personally yeah and like i forgot what i was I, i'm sorry i had three questions like just pop into my head while you were talking like as this, as that, and I now forgot all three of them. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no. my, my brain is a car accident right now. Three car pile on. Um, was it about shoot. the podcast guests? What was it? Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. So, are, are both podcasts uh, still going on? Um, so, Mostly True Opinions is every week. The Birds of a Feather one I was talking about ended a couple of years ago. Oh. Uh still on iTunes so if anyone cares to listen to it it's still there but mostly true opinions I'm putting out new episodes every week all right and um uh dead silence this is my biggest fear oh yeah you talked about over talking it, it just came back you you talk about like over talking now I over talk uh because I'm new I'm new I'm new at this like I said I'm trying to learn and like I have mostly when I over talk and I talked about this uh, on the last episode with Bill Dawes, uh, when I over talk is because I have this fear of dead silence. Like we almost just had like when I was trying to go tss, 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 you know, like, and like, I was like, Oh yeah, dead silence. Like, so mostly when I over talk is like my, my, just my fear of, of being silent and just this awkward. Uh, so what do we do now? Like, cause what I'm trying to avoid is ask you, uh, what do you want to talk about? Because I, you, you seen that uh, interview with Jerry Seinfeld and where he's schooling the dude interviewer, like, and the dude asked him, uh, so what do you want to talk about? Like, and that's the, and Jerry Seinfeld goes, you know, that's the worst question you could ask someone during an interview. Cause now you give them the world. Uh, and like, so that's, my, so that's usually when I over talk, you know, just to avoid that silence and like, you know, and insecure that I might not fill in like the hour because these episodes are an hour long. Uh, uh, what like what was the issue when you like when you were starting out trying trying to get this up, uh, trying uh, starting out podcasting and everything? Um, I think something that I've always done is just kind of go for it, rip off the bandaid, and the magic of editing. I don't know if you edit. Um, your episodes, but that's something that can help you possibly in the future of like, then you hopefully won't fear if there is like a lull or a silence because you could always take it out. Um, <laughs> so, cause that's what I'll, we'll record. And then if there's something, you know, that sounded weird or like a sound effect in the wrong place or whatever, we'll like take it out, shorten it, make it tighter. Um, so that I, and I've learned a lot about editing in that process and learned a lot about, so I don't know, you, you don't edit yours at all yet. <laughs> no, I don't edit. Uh, it's not that I, I, I can't, I, I know how to, and so I've edited out some things that like can't be on here because <laughs> you'd be surprised how many times that happens, but I, I don't edit. I like to see this as like the, 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 the podcast for vegans, uh, totally organic, nothing, nothing cut off. Okay, cool. So yeah. <laughs> So when you like, when you uh uh your 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 mostly true opinions, you say that was every week, correct? Mm -hmm. So y'all, if it were like with that with that, like with it being every week, y'all do y'all like almost never run out of stuff to talk about? 
Yeah, there's always something because it's, you know, it's about our life. It's about current things happening with us. We, we definitely, we're both creative. So we're both constantly thinking of what's coming next. So we haven't run out thus far. So I think we're good. Yeah, I think I think it's better. To like, like I'm trying to find a partner to do mine, because uh, you know, I really want to do this like weekly, to get some type of a following. And uh, you know, it, it's like sometimes I could go a month without a podcast because I can't find the guests, a, a guest, and it's happened before. But you know, uh, that but that having a partner, I have that fear of uh, of running out of stuff to talk about. Like, oh, what do you do today? I don't know. What do you do today? Uh, you know, we just get some coffee. Then we talk about, then, then all of a sudden this podcast just turns about us talking about coffee uh, every week. And like, and it's no longer against the family. It took me so long to find, find a cool name for this podcast. And I like, and to, and to ruin it with, and to ruin it. So that's like the paranoia I have, you know, trying to find a podcast. You think your podcast would be totally different if it, if it was daily? Yeah, I think that's almost over inundating people with, um, and I mean, if we ever had a huge enough following that was like demanding more content, then I think maybe we would put out more episodes, maybe two a week or something like that. But I think, you know, going with the demand, if there becomes a demand for more, then we'll put out more. I think just have faith in your own creativity of it's never going to be perfect right off the bat. And if you want to try something like having a regular co-host, the worst thing that can happen is you decide like, okay, having a regular co-host isn't for me, but at least I tried it. Like when you don't have a gigantic following is the time to try it all out. And so then by the time you do have a gigantic following, you have perfected what you're doing. All right. Now, uh, you got, got, we have people who have a podcast that shoot podcasts by themselves. Now, if, if one of you, you two get sick, you you or your husband gets sick or has a can't, can't uh, shoot. Does, does one of y'all take over the show? The show must go on or do y'all just like, uh, delay it till next week? Yeah. So we've, ha- we've had it where like we, if we go on vacation or something, we'll pre-record a couple episodes. So we just pre-schedule them. Um, We've never had it where just one person does the episode alone. Um, There's been maybe two times in the past year where we've delayed an episode just because of like, uh, like if I booked a last minute shoot or something and then I'm not home to record. So um, yeah, we haven't done it alone before. We've just pre-recorded or pushed it, but it barely ever happens. No, are you? If you were, if if you, if you had to, to one one just one time, uh, you know, to, uh, shoot one just by yourself. Uh, you think you'll be able to do it, or do you think like it's you know? Because I've tried to do that. Uh, I think I only had three episodes where I tried to do that. But like, if you were asked to, like just do it once, uh, do you think you'll be able to do it? Yeah, in that case, I would just post on our Instagram um, like a Q and A or something for me. So that I had something to pull from from the fans um, or listeners and just kind of go through and answer some questions. So I think that'd be like how I would cheat it a little bit to just do it by myself. I think I could. I mean, 
I've been monologuing uh, on my virtual shows. So I think that's prepared me for just like talking into the ether so I could do it. Yeah, because I see someone like uh, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, and he's just like amazing at it. Just because he could, his ability to rant on anything. Um, with that, well, staying, staying on, uh, going back to to, to stand up. How do you think uh, podcasting like impact uh, as positively impact your your stand up or negatively, or did it help in any way? Yeah, I think it's positively impacted it. It's like when you're speaking and or ranting or on one of our segments and something just comes out that's really funny, I'll always write it down and then expand on it later and see if I can write a whole bit about it. So I think it's just given me more space to do some writing when I don't even realize I'm doing it. Um, and then if I forget what I said, it's perfect because it's recorded. So I can always go back and listen to it later and write it down then. Um, so yeah, I think it's really helped. So do a big chunk of your bits. Uh, so not, not a big, do some of your, so some, some bits that you have do stem out from, from like discussions you have on podcast. Like, you know, you bring up a point and I say, Oh wait, I could I could really extend on this. Yeah, some of it, um, definitely. I don't know what percentage, but I would definitely, it, it happens. So at least some of them. Now, when you have a bit in mind, like you have this joke, like, you know, I got I, I, I just write jokes because it's really hard for me to find an open mic. But uh, when you, when you like, what, what do you do to like exercise it? You know, do you bring it up in conversation? Do you like to uh, ask your, 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 and, and people around you about it uh what do you what do you think or you just like wait till you hit the stage and like, let's see how this works yeah um occasionally i'll run things by uh my husband or a trusted like comedian friend but i'll tell them that i'm running it by them like and just say hey i have this idea for a bit and kind of talk it out I never do the thing where I'm like hanging out with friends or family and I just like slip it into conversation to see if they laugh because I feel like I I always feel like weird when people do that to me and if I'm picking up on it I'm like you just literally try to joke on me like or whatever so uh, and most of the time I'll either go to an open mic to try something or if I'm on a book show and I have a longer set like if I have a 20 minute set I'll do like 10 minutes of my material that I know kills and then I'll slip in five minutes of new stuff and then I'll end on five minutes of stuff I already know works so like I'll put five minutes of new stuff to test it in the middle so just in case it's not getting a great response I can still recover by the end of the set you know right because um I like to I don't like to you know, I, I work it into like everyday conversation, like everyday life, but I don't exercise that as a bit. I, I exercise it as a philosophy, if you understand what I'm saying, because I heard that's how, I know, bringing up his name again, Patrice O'Neill used to do it. It was like, you know, he, he just sit, you know, with friends and it's like, hey, uh, I heard Bobby Kelly tell about, hey, you ever uh, wonder what would happen if your uh, woman fucked your dog or something like that? And like, and like to, to that's how that's how I do it sometimes. Um, like I'm not, uh, I do a lot of impressions. I'm not a good impressionist, but uh, I like to get off that image. I like like my uh, 
like let's like when I was at work, I was like, uh, you know, I told my boss, uh, Michelle, if you if you ever fire me, can can I can we write a contract saying that you have to do it in Vince McMahon's voice? Uh, <laughs> it's all that, and then I I go off on red. Zia, can I see you in my office? You stink. You're fly. Like, and like, and I, that, that's what I do every day. I just try to be every, every day guy funny. Um, does get me in trouble a lot of times because uh, I do it places like a classroom where I'm not supposed to do it. Um, do you ever try like edgy material uh, and, and feel like, do you ever feel like this is a, like you know, you got, you got like these jokes you you do every day. Then you, you ever have like this one bit that you feel like it might be a little far out there, but it's my own creation. But you know, you you might be a little too scared to try it on. Um. Yeah, I definitely had a couple like that. If they're just really personal, like if they're about my family or something, then I'm like a little more worried to try it. Um. But I always eventually do. I just kind of try to feel out the crowd and see if they're the right crowd to try stuff with. And I'll give myself a few shows or a few open mics to try something if I really like it. But if it bombs like three times in a row, then I'll be like, okay, this is something I thought was funny that no one else thinks is funny. So I'm just going to put it to bed. And then I just won't bring it back up because I'm like, Sure, I think it's hilarious, but if if I'm getting feedback from the audience multiple times that it's not funny to them, then I'm just gonna take that and and either rework the joke or just retire it. Yeah, I asked a lot of people who've been in the like I asked Dwayne Perkins this, I asked Brad Upton because they've been doing it for 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 such a long time. Like if you had the like the way you used to doing comedy a, a, a certain way for a very long time. If you had to re reinvent yourself in any type of way, or if you feel like one day you wake up and say, I don't want to do it like this no more. I want to be more because, you know, Dwayne Perkins and Brad Upton are both clean comics. But if they like I asked them, if you ever want to reinvent yourself in any type of way, you know, you want to be a little more filthy or you want to be a little more angry or you want to put off a little bit more energy in the stage because you feel like it, it, like hey man like I want to try it, try it this way like would you do it now do you, do you uh, are you a like and it, and there was this like discussion that used to tell me in, uh when I when I play football you you got to make uh you got to get out your comfort zone to get comfortable like do you ever have like those moments like uh this isn't in my comfort zone but I really want I really want to try try this out yeah, I mean, I think me starting stand-up was out of my comfort zone. Um, I never, in acting, at least you can be a character. And so that was kind of the safety zone. And then stand-up was the um, uncomfortable out of my comfort zone because it was me uh, being really honest. So definitely doing that was out of my comfort zone. But if I could reinvent myself, I would probably... I don't know because I think I'm I I'm all across the spectrum of like what I would want to do is what I do um but it would be fun to see what it would be like I guess to be more of like a really dry um straightforward like less animated just straight shooter like 
the more sarcastic, dry version of me. Uh, are you able to like point out what your identity when you hit the stage uh, is? Because uh, as I'm starting off doing stand up, that's like what I'm trying to find find out. Because I, I like, you know, I, I, you know, I st- like I said, I study the game. I'm trying to learn. I want to know if I'm like, um, if I'm like a Mitch Hedberg, you know, a quiet, just, you know, or if I'm, if I'm a Sam Kinison, you know, just be angry and scream all the time. Or if I'm more like Dave Chappelle, you know, just tell stories like, I'm still trying to 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 find find what what exactly my identity is uh, when I hit the stage because I don't know it yet. I'm, I'm starting, and like I need to like I'm trying to find what is it uh, about me that could be funny. Uh, like, but like you've been doing stand up for for about like like you said five to six years, and you've been perform performing way before that. Uh, like, are you able to like pinpoint at, at this point of your career like what what your identity is on, on stage? Yeah, I have a really strong point of view. So regardless of what I'm talking about or if it's a podcast or stand-up, I know, like, I have a really strong sense of self and my identity of I know how I feel about any given thing. And so that's where I just, I lead from my genuine reaction to stuff. Um, And I'm very, I let it flow. Like, I'm very animated and a very big storyteller. Um, not that I'm making stuff up, but just like recounting stories. So, um, yeah, my identity is just, is definitely just like very strong point of view, very animated and then genuine stories, um, is kind of what I would say. I want to talk about like a a shift in the culture there is, and like, I I asked this, like, as a, as a person who wants to like start like as I start my career, I want to be edgy. I want to be able to talk about things that you know aren't the norm or either that are too taboo or that are like maybe crossing the line, which may have not been like a long time ago. Because if you if I if I look fifty years ago, uh, you know it was you know the 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 you know it, the, there was two like icons fifty years ago. Is they were Lenny Bruce and Hugh Hefner fighting for like fighting for. The First Amendment rights, uh, and you know, now and like today, with cancel culture, and uh, and in you know the women like these women uh, musical artists uh, be uh, you know tr- uh, over sexualizing themselves, not over sex, but you know ex- expressing themselves sexually. We feel like we're back at that at that point where fifty years ago, you know. Where we can't talk about, you know, where is it? We 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 can't be openly sexual or openly edgy, like you know, like today. Just this month, we we were mad. We we're both mad at Bill uh, at Bill Burr at the, at the Grammys, and as well as Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B, and and when I when I hear the, like the out like liberals. Are, are mad at Bill Burr, conservatives are mad at Cardi B. And when, when I think about 50 years ago, it was liberals who wanted both, you know, Lenny Bruce to stop getting arrested and, and Hugh Hefner to, to be able to put, put out Playboy openly. And I was like, didn't these two guys already fight this battle a long time ago? Didn't, there wasn't, isn't this battle oh, oh, like already, wasn't this war already fought? 
like what 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 is your like what are you seeing like in in in, in today's society as we're trying to as in in like in comedy and in any culture in general um yeah i mean i think we're at a, a weird crossroads where people are trying to be the most inclusive they've ever been and the most body positive and the most open and sexually expressive and like love is love be who you want to be and that's all great and then there's we're at a weird crossroad where there's also um you know the the people that are very offended by a lot of different things some of which are super valid and then some of which are like just i don't know how to exist like that like i was told um by a school that i shouldn't say you guys when referring to a group of people that i couldn't see or hear because they were on zoom and i was just like hey what's up you guys we're gonna have a fun night and they were like that's not inclusive you should say y'all or you all or whatever and i was like sure i can definitely try to retrain my brain but that was not meant to exclude anyone it was just it's like how i refer to a group of people it wasn't trying to exclude anyone so it's a little bizarre because i love the inclusivity of the current times but it is hard when it's when it's taken so far that i when things that aren't even meant badly or or even are bad you know so it's it's a weird thing to navigate but i think we're getting there we're getting to a better place <laughs> And I asked this question um, uh, the past episode as well, and I want—I really wanted to ask this as uh, because I'm trying, to, like, like, a, repeat it all over again as much as I have to. I'm a, I'm a student of the game, and I really want to learn. And like, when you like, if you were to see a a, a, a fresh a fresh face a, a comic like me, like 19 years old, starting out, uh, perform perform on stage, like, what are you? looking to to, to see uh, what are you looking for that that, that could tell you oh uh, like this kid this kid's got it this kid has has what it takes to like to what it takes to make it yeah some something about the it factor is kind of intangible um but in general i think being confident being having a strong sense of self like a strong point of view and saying stuff that not just anyone could go up there and say. So saying stuff that's specific to your life, to your perspective, to your life experiences, instead of just a joke that anyone could go up there and say, and it would sound the same. You know what I mean? So right. yeah, being unique, having confidence. All right, that's that's what I need to hear. Uh, it's been a great week for podcasting. Um, you know, uh, Joey Diaz had Bill Burr on his podcast. Uh, Joe Rogan, I think, had Demi Lovato on, on his. The Two Bears One Cave was hosted by Andrew Santino and, Bob, and Bobby Lee, which was which was hilarious. I enjoyed watching them all. And on Against the Family, I had Katie K. So it's been a great week for podcasting. Anything you want to want to plug in? Anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Um, I you can follow me on Instagram at KDK Comedy or on TikTok and my podcast at Mostly True Opinions as well. All right, KDK, ladies and gentlemen. Oh.